You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Pure Pleasure with Dewey Halpas. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, we have a longtime coming guest, one of my old friends, Nick Newsham from Gatsby's American Dream. This dude is an amazing dude. I've, man, we did so many tours with Gatsby's back in the day. Um, they're back together doing some shows. Um, they just did a show in Seattle. Had a show in LA. I believe there's more coming, but uh, man, I am so excited for this band to be back. Um, I really love reconnecting with Nick. We hadn't talked in a very long time, and I'm really glad we set this up and did it. Um, Just an awesome dude, and he's in the trades, so he's an electrician now. Um, Got his own business. Super, super cool. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, I, I just really... I'm just so excited that they're back. It's a very important band to me personally and a lot of people. Um, But I think they ended before their time, and I'm really, really stoked to have them back. Um, Let's get some business out of the way, and we'll jump into this one. So peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas or questions or comments. We also have the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group as well as the premium service, which is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. That's where you get access to the old videos of the episodes, the past cast, and the ad-free feed. Definitely give us a like uh, wherever you're listening to this. Give us a rating or review. If you're listening on Spotify, you can rate us. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can give us a written review, which would be awesome. 
tell a friend about the show. Tell 10 friends about the show. I'm just stoked to see where this thing is going. Um, yeah, life has been crazy the last couple weeks. Um, a lot of stuff at work, a lot of stuff outside of work, just going bonkers. So I appreciate you guys sticking with me week after week, and I'm stoked to bring you this conversation with my good friend, Nick Newsham from Gatsby's American Dream. It's a broken house, but he can't Nice to see you. I haven't seen you in so long. Yeah. You look exactly the same. <laughs> 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 haven't aged a bit, my friend. You didn't always have a big beard, did you? No. No, I no. had no beard. I've had this for probably, I don't know, six or seven years. Yeah. Or this is how long it's taken to grow this thing. I can't I can't grow facial hair. And I just said, you know what? Fuck it one day and just let it ride. Right and, uh, on. Here we are. And I, I don't see it going anywhere. Maybe we'll see. Mm-hmm. How are you? I'm well. Um, I'm good. Are we are we started? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, right on. That's just you pop right in. There's no intro or nothing? No. I do the intro later. Man, I do you're the such intro a pro. I don't, <laughs> seven years this, man. <laughs> that is crazy. I looked it up. 50 episodes. Jesus. Wow. I just saw that you had the Propagandi guys on. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that band. Dude, I do too. That took a long time. That Some of these episodes take years to make yeah. them happen. It's so weird. It's weird that some of them happen at all, but the fact that they take that long and to keep going with it is just like, all right, I really want to talk to this person. I'll keep chasing it for years. Awesome, man. Like we have nothing else going on, but uh, yeah, dude. Okay. So I did not make it to the show in LA because my wife had a marathon that she'd been training for that absolutely happened to be on the same day. 
Otherwise, I would have flown down there for that because that was a reunion of reunions. Like, it seemed like everybody came out of the woodwork from all walks of life to that there was, club. There was, like, an entire Denver crowd. Then there was, like, an entire group of – I think the most tickets were sold were from Texas. Uh, people that, like, you're just like, oh, I know you, and then I know you. And I, it, was, it was, like, a cool high school reunion type of vibe. Yeah. Uh, and – but also, like – totally overwhelming almost like a bad like a uh, like a like a weird dream like we're just mm-hmm. seeing all these faces and people you don't even know that you you know you're like oh my god i've seen you so many times but it's been like you know 20 years yeah yeah so it, it's just a big it was just a big mind fuck but it was just like a big warm hug everybody was super kind and we weren't really sure we kind of did the show uh kind of gauging interest of people who really cared about the band and it's been so long and uh, turns out they did. So that's why we're playing more shows. Cause it was a, it was a huge success. And, uh, and that sense of community, man, there's really nothing like it. Yeah, absolutely. No. I remember, I'm trying to remember back how we first connected. It was uh, John Gorley got why we fight. I think we were, we were still in the van. We were doing stuff with fear before, and we played a show together at P uh, it was, PL PL was it Pacific Lutheran University? Yeah, it was like a day festival thing. Yeah. He's like, we're playing with these guys tomorrow. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, and he's like, yeah, it's just something different about it. Like he kept playing it over and over and over again. That's what he did with stuff. Like he would play it constantly until you're sick of it. But yeah. that wasn't the case with Gatsby. He's like, there's something different there. And then watching you guys play live was awesome. And then, but it, it was a small crowd. But then we went up the same day, I think, to the rec center in Bellevue, and you guys were standing on amps because there were so many people there. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, a very small room. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was kind of like, it was the whole teen center circuit. There's a Rebin Firehouse. Uh, that was ground zero in Bellevue that you're referencing. Um, there are a few more around town. And I mean, thank God, because like those teen centers they created so many bands. I mean, everybody who came through, came out of Seattle, um, post grunge, uh, is basically like a product of those teen centers. It's wild, dude. And I'd never seen anything like that, like a hometown kind of show. Like these guys are huge here to us at the time. Granted small room, but it was still like, you didn't see stuff like that in Portland. The love. There really was. And, um, uh, there was just a thirsty community and like, you know, it was like, I kind of think of it like SNL seasons or like there's the freshmen and the sophomore and seniors. Like, well, right before us, it was like, uh, I don't know if we were freshmen, then the blood brothers were sophomores and mm-hmm. botch and murder city devils were seniors. And it's like, mm-hmm. you have this primed community, but you had to bring it. I mean, if you're not going to bring something original, like we kind of heard it all. Uh, and so we were fortunate enough to have some, I don't know, five different songwriters in a band kind of mm-hmm. makes for a lot of different angular sounds going on. And I think it kind of set us apart and, um, we took our musicianship pretty seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So. Man, I'm trying to, like, I had so many memories flood back with Gatsby's cause it's such, I was telling Kirk this the other day, like you guys had such a special thing. Like that's why people are still interested because it went away, but it won't go away. It went away physically, but the songs are there. The the vibe, the mood, the feelings are all there. Like you guys had something special and you really did. And you could see it playing in Roseburg together at like some Grange hall. 
or yeah. watching you guys like sell out a club in like port like loveland or whatever in portland like it was exactly the same it was the same show and there was magic to it and that i think is truly why there's still you know a demand for this because it's it meant something it still does i'm sure a lot of these shows you may see people bringing their kids that were fans of you guys back then you know like it's this true it's show. true that there was like a 15 year old kid crowd surfing the whole time and uh and then made a bunch of posts on instagram which like our fans aren't the most internet savvy you know i mean i'm in my 40s and like we're not really that good at social media and stuff but this kid's posting these cool like tiktok videos of us and i'm like now i follow this kid and he's just a 15 year old skater kid from california he's like a gatsby's fan and it just kind of blows my mind um but uh it's just it was pretty humbling um it's like i'm really glad the songs age well because there's like a lot of stuff that from the era that doesn't and I guess um, getting in touch with learning all the songs again. I mean, our set's like 80 minutes long, so it's a lot of songs. And our songs aren't very long. No. <laughs> uh, so 80 minutes is like a shitload of songs. I can't even tell you how many it is. Uh, but anyways, it was like, okay. And then like these songs, they hold up. Sweet. Like this is great because they could be really whiny or they, I mean, you know, you yeah. never know. Yeah. Well, you guys had, you guys, you guys honed it in like, and you're just always firing like it was it was uh i remember talking to uh one of my ba i had bobby on i don't know if you heard that episode but like uh talking about ribbons and sugar and like the lyrics on that record and stuff like when we met mike kaminsky uh i met mike kaminsky in long beach with you guys and fear before he was curled up in a sleeping bag like in a corner mm -hmm. of a room like who is that guy They're like oh that's our manager what that yeah. guy and he's like i love kitties like he's he's just the weirdest <laughs> dude i love him to death but he's the weirdest guy and i i uh remember talking to bobby about all those lyrics to that and like the the story of his childhood and stuff and then it made everything else like latch on to me even more with the music like i bonded with that record so hard because of that and uh you know it was just it was just such an awesome thing like you guys just had it I, and, and you still do like just a really long hiatus in the middle. yeah no doubt and i mean um we've only started like talking about even the possibility of being creative again mm -hmm. but just right now it's just been concentrated on uh uh learning the old songs playing some shows putting together like a good show uh but in the process it's like hey we're all in a room <laughs> we're all feeling we're all creative people like i mean who's to say that you know, we can't write some songs or something. So who knows? Uh, it's exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, in the hiatus time, like what, what kept you busy? I know you did the money pit with Bobby. Uh, like what else were you doing? Like, are you working like a, like a, uh, a day job now? Yeah. So, uh, um, I, over the years I worked through an electrical apprenticeship, uh, got my journeyman's card. And now eventually I've at this point started my own electrical contracting company. And I be, no, that's what I do. Nick's electric. I'm a I'm a plumber. I'm a oh, I'm right a GF on. for McDonald Miller. Okay, very <laughs> cool. So I do uh, I do high end custom homes for the absurdly rich. Wow, perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of fun. Nick's electrical. Nick's, Nick's electric. electric. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. So that's I mean you know the apprenticeship was a couple years and then a lot of a lot of fucking around like after being on 
tour for eight years, you know, many of those years playing like 300 shows a year and only taking a month off to record. I definitely had this like form of like postponed adolescence. Like, like what was me? I didn't have a college experience. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, no, I was, I mean, I was on the road doing rock star shit, which is, you know, it was a whole other thing, but I don't know, not having to set up gear and load gear every night for mm-hmm. the first time in forever. I mean, partied a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. Partied a lot, did an electrical apprenticeship. And then over time got over that and kind of got my shit together, got married, had a kid, mm-hmm. got a, got a divorce, uh, back into the band. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. A lot of shit, dude. Yeah. Okay. I, I had seen that you got married and had a, had a kid. I did not know about the divorce. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, that's wild. That is such a fucking like roller coaster. In between, I mean, it was a it was a lot of years there, so it was like that was yeah. definitely like a condensed version. But, sure. Uh, um, but yeah, I was working on a song the other day. Um, Ryan wrote like a song on guitar, and I was like, oh my god, I think I'm gonna write to a song with Ryan for the first time since Ribbons and Sugar. Maybe uh-huh. Uh-huh. we haven't collaborated like since then. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm writing these lyrics and stuff and, you know, I've been divorced for a couple of years now and I thought the song was about something completely different. And then kind of reading back the lyrics and like, Oh my God, am I dealing with my shit? Like, I'm like, <laughs> this is about my divorce. I was like, this isn't even about what I thought it was about. Um, it's just kind of funny the things being creative can do and how it's therapeutic and, uh, getting in touch with that again is, uh, I mean, it's amazing, dude. I didn't, I couldn't believe like how much I missed it. Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel like, um, I, I got this feeling. That's why I started this podcast. Cause I needed something to do creatively. I was just going crazy. I, I couldn't tour anymore. I just wasn't going to do it, but I needed to do something. I want to keep in touch with people. And, and if I'm not seeing them, you know, every couple months on tour, this was a way to do it. And, uh, it's helped out tremendously with my mental health, but, uh, like just the overwhelming depression that came from not being on the road, not screaming my head off every night, like not like physically exerting myself to exhaustion. Like it, it was just this huge weight that was just, it felt like I was doing the wrong things, but I, yeah. in, in my head with the depression, my mind and body were telling me I was doing the right things. Like it was starting a family and doing these kind of things, but like my creative, like the yoke around my neck of creativity was just like hanging heavy. Like I couldn't, couldn't get past it. Uh, do you feel like the same way? Like a lot of the stuff like that's happened throughout the hiatus and not being so super creative has had that effect on you. Like, like uh, more of a weight that's kind of starting to lift now. Well, so there's been times there was the money pit record. I would do a feature here and there. I did some cool collaborations with this awesome band called the strawberry girls out of Sacramento. Uh, I sang on like three of their records. And so I was always kind of like, keeping the muscle flexed. Like I didn't want to completely go away from it because I don't think I could, but I definitely like, there was like, you know, I wouldn't have written it. I think I went like a year or two without writing a thing or even thinking about music, which I think is kind of important artistically. Um, I mean, everyone has did their own process, but I like to like really step away and, and then come back to music and almost have totally different opinions on stuff and different things. But at the end of the day, it's weird. You can think that you've grown so much and then you just like, you kind of just sound like you, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, I like to think that I'm still evolving and stuff. Um, but not really for me to say, I guess. Yeah. Well, how, how about becoming a dad? Like 
how did that how did that land for you with me i was terrified uh from the second he came out to even now i'm still terrified but how was your experience with that yeah i mean like uh, i've never been so emotional so often I can't believe how many times I'll find myself like getting choked up, not even just with my kid, but just, I see fucking Hallmark commercial or something. I'd be like, yeah, you know, like home is where the heart is. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) it's like that, like those kind of empty platitudes don't really ring so empty anymore. Um, You can be kind of hardened and bitter to the world. And the second you have a five-year-old calling you daddy, you just melt into a fucking you know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. Wrapped around yeah. the finger. I cry at so many commercials. Yeah. I'll be driving down the street and see something on the street going on. I'll start tearing up or I'll get like horrible anxiety about something. Like the the amount that it affects you is staggering. And I think maybe yeah. that's more where the fear came from is like, oh God, now I actually am responsible for this person's life. Yeah. Um you never get past it. And it's just it's it just brings up so oh my god how many movies i've cried they're sitting next to my daughter in the movie theater just bawling she's not even crying she doesn't understand why she's like what is wrong with you yeah you don't understand you just, i just love you so much like it's 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 wonderful and embarrassing and and awesome all at the same time um, yeah it's pretty it's pretty fun to be vulnerable uh i think we spend so much of our lives avoiding that and then mm-hmm. when you have a kid you can't avoid that anymore you're you know you're wiping butts or taking care of a tantrum or whatever it's a roller coaster but it yeah. really teaches you to roll with the punches and forces you to grow up you know yeah well that's the thing yeah. we spent so much of our our adolescence and early adulthood being vulnerable in front of people on stage in in a different way but also yeah. not growing up like we're just doing the same thing every day in a different place. You don't have to grow up. There's no boss. There's no, you know, like you just have to come through with the show. Well, and I, I, I thank God that we did not get more popular than we did mm-hmm. because then we would have been kind of like trapped. I mean, if we would have like started making substantial amounts of money or something, or even we never even got a tour bus, like, but had that happened, it probably would have gone another however many more years Mm -hmm. and, uh, prevented me from, I mean, honestly, I'm so much happier the way things went than Mm -hmm. if I was, I mean, it's, it's, I'll put it like this. It's really nice to be able to approach music on my terms. Yeah. Like for fun Mm -hmm. this many years later with all the reflection and everything. And, uh, I mean, I'm not really like bitter about anything or like, there's no like enemies or, I mean, I could give a fuck. It's just like, I love music and always have. And so it's, I don't know. It's fun. It's fun to just do it, to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like your bills are paid. There's food in the fridge and you can create if you want to. It's a, it's a, it's a great thing to have some Uh, stability every once in a while. But it's also a super privilege. I mean, like if you're now, if you're going to take the platform and shit on it, I mean, might as well not do it at all. So it's like the, I don't know. Yeah. We're playing these shows again, but moving forward, uh, it's trying to keep doing something positive. And right now it's the sense of community. Um, seeing people coming together and stuff. I mean, that's good. We don't have a lot of that. So I'll take that as a positive thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So starting your own electrical business, that's Mm -hmm. interesting to me because that's quite a leap of faith. Uh, 
how did you get into doing a, a electrical work? Like, did you just kind of go, I signed up at like three different halls, electricians, plumbers, no, no. fitters, and they called first. No. Okay. So you're union. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sorry, call me a scab if you That's like. Right. You won't go there on this. <laughs> um, anyways, no. So I'm third generation. My grandfather uh, was an electrical contractor, Hunter Electric out of Bellevue since the 60s. Um, my dad started dating my mom and went to work for my grandpa. And then when he became 18, 19, 20, he started his own electrical company. Uh, so I knew that that was a pathway. Mm -hmm. uh, so right out of out of high school, I was working as an electrical apprentice, but as we'd say, we would all work our own jobs in Gatsby's and we'd save up enough money until we had enough money to sewer. And then we took an old uh, bench seat van and my dad and I, and Ryan's dad, we bolted it to the uh, bottom of one of his electrical work vans. Mm -hmm. And that was our first tour van was a fucking electrical van Seriously? with the, sh the shelves in it and everything. And it was like rattling around. That thing was not streets legal i mean that was <laughs> we, we went all the way down to um the whole west coast on the, in that thing and uh so anyways i'd come back do a little more electrical and then i always knew that um, if i wanted to i could just put my nose down and and work my hours and take my test mm -hmm. you know but uh various levels of taking it seriously throughout the years yeah that's it. i wish i knew about the trades back then like you could see and right now you could tour as much as you wanted as, as a tradesman, because you could just come back and start working again. Like you keep your yeah. license current and it's, it's genius. Like I have complete freedom to yes. do that. Like, yeah, dude, so many tradespeople listen to the show. I get emails oh, yeah. all the time. A lot of people in Seattle, electricians, oh, cool. uh, rod busters, like every, it doesn't matter. Like, uh, it's fascinating to see what they listen to and what they gravitate towards on this. Like, Oh, I like this episode with so-and-so really, that seems strange. Okay, cool. Why? You know, like, and we'll, we'll get back in touch with each other, talk, talk shop or whatever, but the freedom, the freedom of being in this, this, this realm is awesome. Like you could go in and tell your boss to fuck himself and go work somewhere else the next day. Absolutely. It's crazy. Yeah. You're paid by the week. You're not waiting <laughs> on a paycheck monthly or biweekly, but what you're doing putting yourself out there as a business, the, the amount of risk there's a, there's a course and this goes completely off topic what we're talking about, but well, maybe it doesn't. There's a course called like the, the, the cost of an hour of labor of what it actually costs to have a, a person in a van, a van on the road, insured with tools, uh, uh, license bonded, everything that goes mm -hmm. into running your own business is, is terrifying <laughs> the amount of risk, but the reward is huge too. If you can pull it off. And it sounds like that's what you're doing, which is so cool. Thanks, man. Awesome my, so my, I, I really appreciate that. And that's funny. We're both talking about crying with our kids and you're a plumber and I'm a sparky. Yeah. Couple, couple of old punks, dude. I mean, that's pretty yeah. fucking cool. Um, but I was going to say, uh, uh, oh, I don't know what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that van you're talking about, the, the electrical van. Mm. I seem to remember you guys having like in the earlier double not the early, early days, but when we were together, like a, like a conversion van, like a, yeah. the bed, like the, the, the captain's chairs. It was a Mark three, Mark three. Was that right <laughs> after the electrical van? It was, I think that was our very next van. Yeah. Which van did you guys get in that wreck with? Mm, well, that, that wasn't was that belief. van, right? No, that was a 15 passenger Ford. 
and you all came out unscathed. Yeah. So that was like uh, South Dakota. I think the closest city to us was Fargo, which was over five hours away. So uh-huh. we were like tr- truly in the middle of nowhere. Um, Rudy's driving the van. I'm in the passenger seat. I'm fully reclined with no seatbelt on. Uh, we have a big TV in, in between the two seats, you know, like we used to do. Yeah. With the Xbox and or whatever. It, and it's not strapped down. And I, it's like I get woken up at 4 a.m. My eyes shoot open because I hear Rudy screaming. And he goes, ah, and then I see like sky, asphalt, sky, asphalt, sky, asphalt. And that was us flipping three times as we went. So what it was, was it was the first black ice of the year, which you literally cannot see. Mm-hmm. And there hadn't been any ice on the road previously. And uh, we just went sideways and flipped three times going 65 with a 15 passenger van with an eight by 12 trailer attached and flip 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 landed upside down skidded about 100 feet uh drum sets merged guitars all over the freeway uh so we landed upside down those seats come out in which sometimes we would take them out and they're hard to bolt in so even though we were upside down we're like covered with those seats because they weren't bolted in properly in the Mm -hmm. ground um so we did like a roll call when we finally came to a came to a stop and said everybody's names like bob Rudy, like, hey, here, here, and Kirk here. And then we're like, Ryan. And we didn't hear Ryan say anything. And uh, and he was just muffled under, like, so much stuff. But none of us got hurt. Um, somebody came by, uh, the cops stopped, and they said, uh, they were like, holy shit, anyone shit themselves? And they're, like, laughing, and we're shaking. Yeah. I mean, like, seriously, like, uh, like literally shaking my boots. I, it was, like, the most frightening thing ever. Um, and then it's like, anybody need an ambulance? And we said no. And so then we got a cab and then we took a Greyhound home and band almost broke up that day. I mean, that we were, we were pretty much like, fuck this. <laughs> because of the act, like the being so fucking terrified. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So 15 pass. that was the fearless days. Uh, With the 15 yeah. passenger? Like, yeah, well, it was before we had one before that, but we, we totaled it. <laughs> Are you serious? Well, no, I'm saying that was the one before Fearless. Oh, we gotcha. One before Fearless. Okay. Yeah. And then we got like the same van or something. I don't know. That's fuzzy. But yeah. yeah. My God, dude. So you just saw, you saw like Sky Asphalt, but you didn't necessarily feel what was happening. You just were seeing so what, the, it was that so, fast. So, what yeah well yeah it happened so fast but what i do remember is i was kind of uh i wasn't wearing a seatbelt right uh-huh. and since i was fully reclined um centrifugal force kind of took me up into the right corner above like the passenger side window uh-huh. and i kind of was held right there as it flipped around um that massive tv was bouncing all around and like didn't hit i don't know how it didn't hit anybody but that yeah. would easily knocked me out bobby was in the back uh lying next to one of those massive tire jacks the big mm-hmm. metal ones mm-hmm. And so he was laying down next to that. I, I could be bullshitting. I think that he said he felt himself like kind of get pulled out the back window. And then when it whipped around, he got pulled back in. Uh, really terrifying. That's intense, dude. <laughs> Probably the scariest way to be woken out of a dead sleep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, my yeah. God. We- well, man, and then, and then the, the Greyhound bus home. Uh-huh was terrifying too because that's really rocky terrain between dakotas and seattle 
And so we're on these really thin mountain roads and we just been through that traumatic experience. And I'm looking over the edge, just freaking out. And then there's this homeless guy in front of me on the, on the bus and I'm not sleeping, but I'm like holding my pillow. He's like, if you're not going to use that, can I? I like my pillow? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you can't. <laughs> You're going to finish that? Yeah, Jesus exactly. <laughs> this, this sounds like an awful, an awful way to, to work through something like that is to immediately get in a, a very <laughs> tall vehicle that's going around mountain roads. Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever talk to anybody about that experience? Like in like a therapist situation or any kind of like PTSD or anything like that? Or has it hindered you still where you have flashbacks or, or things like that bother you? No. Um, you know, I say to this day, driving at night scares me, mm -hmm. um, kind of freaks me out a little bit. I get like in my head about, um, where like, especially on a dark highway, if there's no like street, uh, and there's no highway lights and like which way the lines are going, you see headlights coming from the opposite way. And mm -hmm. I've just been, I've been sleep deprived so many times and doing those drives and been absolutely scared to fucking death, but there's what else are we, what are you going to do? Pull over and make somebody else drive again. And, yeah. um, you know how, how macho it was about mm -hmm. like, Oh, so-and-so drove eight hours. What you're only going to put in four. And it was like, became this whole thing, which is super dangerous. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, especially yeah. if the pastor's asleep, like we always had a rule that there was teams that would drive right. at night. Um, even in the day, just for comp like company or changing the music. Cause we didn't have yeah. iPods really back then uh change the cd or pick a cd out or or yeah just having conversation one person's reading the map and everyone else is passed out in the back we yeah. always had that weird bed in the back that we built and someone would sleep underneath usually john and we spun out pretty bad there was a there's a spot in wyoming as you're going from like boise to utah that everyone yeah. spins out or wrecks in like the little bridge yeah uh i think the emory guys about. like their their van like died in the middle of the road and then the next band like beautiful mistake i think it was all of a sudden their lights like hit emery's van or something like this to where they almost hit them because they're all their electrical went out everything was dead so like no way to see them until the last second and then they ended yeah. up flipping and ruining their trailer uh so like everyone would get together in utah and talk about the shit that happened last night because there was no yeah. cell phones uh this is what like holy shit like why are you bringing a u-haul trailer all oh, the other one flipped and ripped into pieces what like and we all we spun out too where were you guys like right if all three bands on a tour could run into each other it's it's insane Absolutely. we're on tour we we're on tour with my american heart one time and i don't know where we were I'm driving in the fast lane and it's and there's a semi to my right and a deer darts out right in front of the car on the freeway and uh and I just, uh, you're supposed to just kind of step on the gas. I mean, because like you got to be safe is thing you can do about it. And Ryan was recently vegan. So I hit the deer and it knocks it over into the, in front of the semi to our right, which just abolished that. Uh, yeah. Then obliterates that thing. Yeah. Excuse me. And then, uh, and then I remember ryan's gonna listen to this too so that's funny ryan was like i can't believe you just killed that deer man and i'm like well, what do you mean what am i supposed to do i'm like bambi looked me right in the eyes before i killed her ryan and <laughs> <laughs> just 
just like a funny like snapshot of like what little shits we were you know yeah. especially to each other and stuff but like okay so that took out one of our um one of our headlights uh our whole grill was just full of fur and then we had a racing stripe from the front of the van to the back of the trailer that was about four feet wide that was just blood and shit and like tufts oh of hair God. and like there was no getting that smell or that thing i mean we couldn't really go through a car wash so we we're just like living with that thing so we roll up to the show and my american are just like what the fuck happened to you guys <laughs> I mean, it's it pretty bad that <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. That brings up so many memories because of just things people would do to each other on the road. Like not only like digging in each other, you knew what bothered people. Like yeah. our favorite guy to pick on was Kyle when we were in Portugal. Like it's so easy to do. Cause he's just this little guy. And I love Kyle. If he's listening to this, I'm sorry. He's got that voice and that, that little, he's just so small and, and just like kind of, it was just an easy target because he was so passionate about so many things. Uh, yeah. So we'd make him tell us stories about the books he's reading. He was reading this book called The Husband and just how much this guy loved his wife. And like, how much did he <laughs> love her, Kyle? Just how, <laughs> oh, he loved her so much. He just loved her so much. It was, And he just spoke so eloquently. Um, But he was he was our funnest to fuck with on tour. But but the Fear Before guys, they would I forget how it started, this prank war. But Nick Simon actually went. While they were playing, so like Joe stood on the hood of their van and just pissed on it while they were playing. And like we took video of it or whatever. And they walked out and saw what had happened. And they did something to our handles or something gross to where Nick Simon actually went, like took a shit, picked up the shit, and like smeared it all over their windshield and hood of their van. No. It got into the vents of Aww. the van. And they had to spend days driving around with that smell. In that they were still in the uh they were still in the conversion van. Uh my God. We never went there, dude. We dude. never did the shit. We never did the shit pranks. Once you go there, nobody's safe. No. 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 But um, okay, so but one prank that uh, I think Billy, our tour manager, Bobby's brother, yeah, he did to Kyle. Kyle was kind of bragging about how he got to sleep in the passenger seat because that was like the best sleeping spot. Even though we would do the uh, the co-pilot thing as well, but once you're on your way out of town, it was like you mm -hmm. can nod off, right? Yeah. So uh, he's bragging about how he's got some sleeping pills and he's gonna fucking pass out. No, 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 no. You know how he is. And I'm so gonna then, sleep uh, so good, guys. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, literally like, verbatim. So, so then, yeah. uh, so then Billy, we go to the gas station and he goes in and he gets some no dose and he swaps the sleeping pills oh, for shit. no dose. So we all sit in the van. And we just listened to him. He's still going, oh, man, oh, I can't wait to get my eight hours. And then, so and we're just sitting there. And then we see him, like, getting more, getting comfortable, like, shifting. And then shifting again. And then kind of itching a little bit. And <laughs> What's going on, Kyle? Can't get to sleep? I don't know. What's going on? Man, what the fuck? Yeah, it just, it's pretty good. It's like a South Park character. Yeah. I love My it. impression of him is very close to Cartman. But. He's he it can have that it can have that effect. I I if you get him going, it could it, oh I and can I can I, say can I do one more? One yes, more Kyle story. Please. Okay. Kyle this stories one of my are the favorite, best. This is one of my favorites of when he like first joined our band. We're just getting to know him and, and I don't really know much about him. I know I play baseball with his brother older brother when we were like in elementary school, we're kind of from the same area. And uh and then 
he said, where she's talking about McDonald's and, and how much he loves high C, right? And he goes, one day I was at McDonald's and I, I got the high C and I, I just drank it. My, it was all in my mouth and it, the flavor was just so good that I just opened my mouth and oh, I just fell all over my chin and all over my shirt. And my friends were like, what's going on, Kyle? He's like, I just couldn't handle all the taste. And I was like, this fucking guy, that's a story he just told. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's just so awesome but mundane at the same time and just yeah. oh my god yeah he's a he's a he's a hoot man like oh i don't know how those guys just don't crack up all day long around he's just such a such a joy to have around because he's just so lighthearted. yeah but he just says the weirdest things in the weirdest <laughs> way i love it uh yeah Pretty Man. talented too. Yeah, amazing, <laughs> yeah. amazing musician. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. We would just watch him. Like, oh, you want a sound check? Yeah, just have Kyle start playing something. He just start playing some classical piece. Oh, here mm. we go. Here's another, one more. I guess we're just going on a Kyle Dude, we, tangent. Kyle tangent's fine. So, um, we were in. It was another in Dakota. I think this was in North Dakota, and it was the worst snowstorm in 180 years. And we're in Podunk, nowhere, and it's getting dark, but the freeway is starting to really pack up with snow. And I'm driving, and I see a faint yellow sign, which could only mean like a Motel Eight or Six or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, we got to pull off. This is it. And so we pull off, and luckily, had we not pulled off, uh, we would have been buried on the freeway straight up. We would have been buried in the snow. Um, so we stayed at this hotel, we came out uh, in the morning and, um, and our snow that we tracked into the hotel was still on the ground in the morning, no power, it was freezing. And so the local farm community of which was like a hundred people, maybe they uh, sent school buses to every building and they picked us up and they took us all to the centralized church. So you got to imagine this entire farm community is all in this church. <clears throat> they had food, they were keeping everybody warm, doing everything. And, uh, church had a big piano so guess who gets on the piano and it was kyle <laughs> in this like uh really kind of touching like community outreach like situation and uh got it right up in the local paper there's an article somewhere and it was like banned from seattle snowed in with all of us and then and he just serenaded people for hours playing music and it was super touching it was really amazing he's he's yeah. one of the most talented people i've ever played with like it was it was yeah almost nerve-wracking sometimes just knowing how good he is and like oh my god i'm nowhere near as good as this guy and we're in a band like playing together and none of us can play like he can and uh yeah such a such an awesome awesome well, musician. Dude, especially as a musician i mean i feel like i mean especially as a punk like a punk singer like nobody has like a um imposter syndrome more than i mean certain punk musicians mm -hmm. and then a kyle comes along or a bobby comes along you're like really are we talking music theory like fucking oi 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 get the fuck out of here like <laughs> <laughs> just the, the fucking brains of the operation <laughs> yeah bobby's one yeah. of those prolific songwriters that just uh, yeah still boggles my mind the stuff he comes up with and and how it works and how he just understands music but mm -hmm. you know there were so many like like you said, there's a bunch of songwriters in that band. Like it was, you guys all were writing songs. Your voice is so unique. Uh, there's some, there's like a, um, trying to think of the right way to explain this, but there's like a, there's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I did just left my mind. There's, there's like a, there's a vulnerability to it. There's there, the way you deliver vocals, there, there's a vulnerability to it, but there's also, 
like an adolescence to it. Like it's almost like fairy tale-ish in a, and I don't mean this in a bad way. Like it's, it's, it, it's like you're telling a story, but it's being told through a voice that could be part of that story, I guess is what I'm getting at. Like you, you deliver vocals in a way that's so believable, but the sound of your voice is so unique that it sounds like a fairy tale. Wow. But, <laughs> it, and, and you know, like take that for what it is, but it literally sounds like a fairy tale. So you get lost in this world because I mean, Rudy is laying down some of those insane drum beats ever. There's no choruses hardly at all, like traditional structures out the window. But the the stories being told to you with these layers and layers of rad like rhythms and and changes. That's what it just makes you guys so unique. But your voice is a huge part of that because I don't think anyone else could deliver the way you do. Like I've never heard another singer like, oh, that sounds like Nick. I've never said Thank, that. Thanks, man. Yeah, well, I I definitely take that as a compliment. I I um, I mean, kind of to what I was just saying. Like, I, I enjoy coming at a song with naivete. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really want to understand uh, what goes where and if it's wrong. Like, I've got the guys in my band to tell me that this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But like half the time, I'm coming up with something so different than they would come up with just because I don't understand the next logical step or like where that is going or even like what note works there. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes to my detriment, detriment, but like, honestly, like I can usually just like feel it and it sounds good, but I can't tell you how many times I'd come up with something or hit something and the Bobby would have to like grab the guitar and do the entire scale be like, Oh, that note is in there. That does work. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. It works. All right. Like, <laughs> but it was just like a, it's kind of a different way of coming about things. Dude, yeah. there is one. I'm try, I also try to think how to phrase this because it, this is the, I think about things this way, but in, in the land of lost monsters, that, that EP you guys did with minority badlands, that version, the first 10 seconds of that version, the, the, the piano and they call this the, yeah before it kicks in is like it haunts me to this day like as one of the most amazing it it sounds so cheesy nick one of the most amazing things you guys ever did that first 10 seconds of that version the the mood it sets the the way the the vocal and that piano just because i know where the song goes i know what the melody of the song is but the way you did it there in that first before anything kicks in is so dense and deep. It's almost like a like a uh, it, it, there's vocals, but it's like there's it's one of those like post rock moments where everything gets huge, uh, like sonically, like um, mood wise. Yeah, I don't know if I'm making any sense here, but I could listen to that over and over again, like without even getting to the song. It's just that over that like like there's like a tremolo to it, yeah. And then they call this the Badlands bit, and then bump and up bump. But that the two chords that get hit with your vocal, hands down, that and in the taming, I or is it the taming? Um, that was mostly when you chase the ghost. Uh, no, not the taming, that apparition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you chase the ghost, the things that never. 
I could just put that on repeat and just sit there and just dwell on it for an hour. Those those moments are so special in Gatsby's, but they only happen once, which is super frustrating to Lister, but then <laughs> you appreciate it more, right? Like it's like we're giving you this much. You're not gonna anyway. get sick of that. You're not gonna get sick of that song. No. Not at all. You know what I mean? And like, I I mean, that was kind of our approach early on playing shows before anybody knew who we were. Like around the time that you came and saw us at at a ground or you played with us at Ground Zero, Mm -hmm. um, we were, our whole thing was like, we have a 30 minute allotment for time, but we're going to play for like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. We'd play like 15 to 20 minute sets and then we would play them all over town every time, every chance we could. And then people were like wanting more. And then that, that was like kind of our blueprint as a young up and coming band was just really short sets because nothing was worse than a band who played too long and mm-hmm. everybody played too long, especially in teen centers and coming up. And I mean, don't you hate it? And then like, don't you hate it when the local, and when the local bands are playing like too long and the touring bands are going like, Whoa, these guys won't get off the stage and there's all this etiquette. And so we're like, we're never going to have that issue. We're going to play less time. Mm-hmm. And it, I, uh, it, was, it, it worked for us. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. Everyone had their own personality too. And their own look. Like yeah. there wasn't a band look. I love that about Gatsby's too. Like I'm trying to remember the first time, like I, you had like this Joe Cocker kind of thing where like you threw your whole body into everything and you just like convulsed in weird ways. And I always likened it to Joe Cocker. Cause it's so awesome. Cause he couldn't control it either. Just the way it comes out and like presents itself. And like, you're not the first person who said that. Really? I've heard that. I've heard that before. Oh, man, a punk yeah. rock Joe Cocker. Like, uh, it, and it's totally genuine too. Like you can see, you can't control it. It's like, you're like, you're literally, uh, exuding these things. Like it's, it's awesome. And well, dude, I mean, I grew up going to shows and being in like, I mean, the only thing I ever wanted to do was like sell out the El Corazone or Graceland mm-hmm. in Seattle. And, yeah. you know, we ended up getting quite a bit bigger than that, but like I was the kid in the front row for every concert, you know, crowd surfing and everything and dancing just like a fucking spaz. Uh, so it only made sense when I got on the mic, I was going to do the exact same thing because it literally is no different Whether I mean, they just happen to be some of them, my songs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. It was, it was like I said, everyone had their own look and their own thing. It was just a bunch of like a group of people that got together from different walks of life and made things happen. It was awesome. I remember, uh, Dave for our booking agent, he was like trying to sell us to like other booking agents and. And we were uh, we were gonna play bamboozle or something, and and somebody said the comment is of like, oh, it doesn't make sense. You just gotta see him. I'm like I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> but I, I kind of like I, I guess I wasn't like uh, self aware enough at the time to kind of like understand. But I didn't think we were that weird. But then like we went on tour with other bands and realized like, yeah, I guess we were kind of different. We didn't really have a look. We we're all kind of our own dudes and just played music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, it worked though. Like that was part of the for the fun. Like it was it was part of the um the vibe of the band, you know? What's going on guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks and they're going to be with us for a while and I really really appreciate that. I love working with great companies and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, 
Uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online, and splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits, and all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. 
that gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Um, yeah. I'm curious kind of where like the fearless, the we were on fearless as well. And then we broke up. And mm -hmm. then you guys were on Fearless, and that's kind of when I lost touch with everybody a little bit. Was during because we weren't touring anymore, I wasn't. Uh, but then you guys kept going. We're doing all this awesome shit. What were those Fearless years like for you guys? Like, were you guys happy there? Like, or was it more like we always got feedback from like the feel like there's not enough. Uh, there just sounds like a bunch of parts. Like, uh, this is, there's no record here, or you know, and that really like made us feel terrible. Because yeah. that's how John writes is in parts everywhere, but he has a vision and it didn't even get to that point. And they're like, this is like, what are we going to do with this? Like, uh, there's like 50 parts here. There's no songs. Like, no, there is there. We're working through them, but there wasn't a lot of support, but I don't mm. and not to talk shit on fearless either, but I'm curious how your guys experiences was, was with, with them and, and just being creative through that time. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, like Bobby's a writing machine. Yeah. We had no like lack of material. And so we were just, we made our record, we made volcano and, um, they wanted like one more song. Like they heard the whole record and they're like, it, but like, we need like one more song, like one more slower song or some medium pace or something like that. Um, that's kind of like the biggest thing I remember about feedback as far as like create creatively. But I do know that, um, I think they told us we were going to be on the entire warp tour and we were on like two months or three months of it. Um, little things here and there. Uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like they were more in the business of like signing a band that was then going to sign to a larger label mm -hmm. and then getting a buyout from the larger label. They did this with a bunch of bands that they signed while we were on their roster. And they even told us that we were like the kind of band that was going to attract other bands to the label. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, cool. But like, we, if, <laughs> like we, I don't know. 
they were they kind of seemed to be in a different business than actually working the records that were coming out on their album. Their model was seemed to be changing during those years. Yeah. But everyone's model was. I don't fault them for that. And I know that like they had this band because they had this band and we like hung out one night with them in LA and they're like, hey, you party with so and so like from the label and then like, oh yeah, we just like went to the ATM and did it. I'm like pulled out a bunch of money and I'm going, oh, what do you guys do? Do you guys tour? Do you guys play shows? And he goes, oh, we we're kind of like demoing and we made a record like a year ago and uh, I don't know. And, and then that band ended up like five years later getting sold to Universal or something for a ton of money. Oh my God. And that was like, that was kind of, that's what they were doing. They were like a scout league for major label bands in a way. Mm -hmm. That's how I saw it. I don't know. Yeah. Dude. Um, Cause you got like, like you guys were around in a time that was in like acceptance was coming up. I believe like uh, there was a bunch of really good talent in Seattle again, like that happened again, but yeah. coming up in that time, like uh, everyone's trying to get deals and, and all these things, but it seemed like you guys were always in your, your own lane um, and kind of made decisions a little differently than other people. It seemed like, like, um, well, we had to, man, like we, we didn't have any hookups. We didn't know anybody. We, uh, we just had to, I mean, the, all those first tours we booked before we met, met Dave, we, uh, Ryan booked them himself on remember a book, your own fucking life. Do you yes. remember that? Oh yeah. I've had that yeah. gal on the show that did that. Oh, how cool. Kamala really? Parks. Yeah. Kamala Park. No, oh, I have to listen to that. Oh, That's man. amazing. Awesome stories. Awesome. Very stories. cool. But, yeah. uh, yeah. So, but Dave, how did you guys get hooked up with Shapiro? Yeah. Okay. So we had toured so much independently that we had grown a following. And like, so he was booking for, uh, equal vision, uh, right. as a as a kind of a contract, equal vision was contracting him to book their bands. Oh, okay. Um, and then they brought him on as an in-house booker for their label. Uh, well, um, Dave took us on right before he signed with Equal Vision. Mm -hmm. uh, he took us on and Fear Before shortly thereafter, maybe at the same time as his first bands okay. to book. Really? So I, yeah, it was basically us and Fear Before were the first two bands that Dave booked. I did not know that. I'm with Dave now for with Sound Talent Media. Like he's the mogul of moguls now of booking it. You guys were the first ones. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. And Minardi. Yeah. Puts out your fucking on what is it? L LLR. Uh, yeah and now he's the, president of a and r for electra well not to mention land of lost monsters was casey bates first record dude yeah <laughs> yeah and casey kate did casey marry your sister yeah okay mm -hmm. are they still he's together? my brother-in-law they okay. are they just had a second child oh that's awesome i love casey yeah. so i never met your sister so nothing to say about her but i i love casey yeah. and uh just a oh my god he's been on too he had, he had an oh, episode really? too. Yeah. He's Very cool. wonderful. Um, mm -hmm. But Shapiro, that's incredible. That yeah. that kicked off what would become like the Jerry Maguire situation with leaving, uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, I don't even remember the firm to, to do sound talent group. Mm -hmm. And uh, the joke with him is I, when I brought up to him as Jerry Maguire, he's like, well, Jerry Maguire only brought over one client. We, we took all of them. <laughs> <laughs> And now he's landing yeah. helicopters in his front yard yeah. in Alaska. It's crazy. Oh, you know what I just heard is that he was recently 
This just happened like last week. Okay, went up to Alaska with mm-hmm. his plane and brought a couple. So it's him and his wife, and they brought a couple. And then I might be butchering this. Sorry if any. Yeah. But anyways, so uh, they can't take off in the water because there was a bear in the way. And then they were like freaking out because I, I think the bear was getting close. And then uh, they had a tough time getting out of there. And he was like semi stranded and like freaking out for a couple of days. I just heard this secondhand to band practice the other day because Ryan talked to him, but okay. he was like off of the grid and couldn't get a hold of anybody for a minute. And there was a bear involved in an airplane situation. <laughs> it's like, I can't <laughs> even keep up with this shit, man. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. He can just go out for a picnic to like the most remote parts of Alaska in his helicopter or a seaplane, whatever he's got, and just like land on a glacier and have a picnic and then fly home. It's crazy. Yeah. He's our age. Like it's nuts. Does he have a nickname like a, <laughs> I don't know, like the Zuckerberg of, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> uh, we'll come up with something. I joke that I would love to hear him do a podcast with David Cross because you wouldn't know who was talking. Oh, I can they hear that. sound yeah. exactly the same. So I joked with them once to like, hey, pretend you're David Cross and I'll say I had David Cross on the podcast and just yeah. see where it goes. Uh, but it's very close. So this was a sweet moment uh, in L.A. So dave's at the show and then my parents flew down to to come see it and my mom remembers having everybody over at our house and all the time and stuff and my mom recognizes dave she's like dave shapiro and she doesn't know that he's booking our shows anymore or anything but she remembers him from like 25 years ago or something yeah and uh yeah 20 years ago and um and it made his day. He was like, man, your mom remembered me. He's like, that was so cool. I'm like, you remembered my mom? I'm like, what? <laughs> this is very, this is very sweet, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. Did he book yeah. the, 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 was it the Terragram Ballroom? Yeah. Did he mm-hmm. book that show then? Yeah. Okay. He did. So he'll be, he's booking these shows for you guys coming up. Yep. Yes, sir. Dude, yeah. that's awesome. The last time I saw him in person, he landed in Vancouver, Washington. I cruised up with some Starbucks and we hung out while he gassed up on the, the runway and then watched him take off. It was oh, no, awesome. Like, uh, a week after our LA show is like, Hey, you guys want to meet me for breakfast at Boeing field? And he's just like, I mean, he stops up here as well on his way to Alaska. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't able to go, but the guys were, and he showed him his planes and Oh, check it out. And yada, yada. Kind of cool. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. What? So, you guys got a Seattle show coming. Is the Seattle show the only show booked right now that's come that's been announced to coming up? Correct. I believe we're announcing another show soon. I'll okay. just say that. And this is in September? Yeah, Seattle show is September 29th. Perfect. I can make it to that one. Oh, can you? No Amazing. Worries. Of course. Dude, Sick. I'm two I'm I'm two hours away, two and a half hours, not even two and a half hours away. Yeah. That's super easy. Uh I was worried. Yeah, I- go ahead sorry. i come to i come oh no i'm sorry i come to portland all the time for uh blazers games at least two a year oh really yeah dude i live in st john so i'm right i'm right down the road from there right over the bridge from vancouver we should cool. get together because uh but yeah i i will absolutely be at that show um that's absolutely doable and um i'm so you, excited you know who's you know who's opening it's help yeah ryan neighbors dude yeah. so good yeah that so band good. kicks ass they yeah. open for explosions in the sky yeah. down here in like the, the, the square downtown that yeah. band rules. I mm-hmm. had him on the podcast and, recently as well. And um, they're opening for, for botch soon too. Dude. Okay. Real quick. Have you ever been recognized on one of your jobs? Not on a job. No. 
Okay, because I had Dave from Botch on, and he said he was saving some guy's dad's life, and the guy came out of the room and was like, holy shit, you're the singer for Botch. As a firefighter. Oh, wow. So he's literally like working <laughs> on the guy's dad, and he comes out, and that's what he says. is like, holy shit, you're the guy from Botch. Yeah. Hilarious. I wasn't sure. I, I have been, rec- I, I oh, I got recognized one time. Okay, this was kind of funny. Uh, I was in Seattle right outside the club Numos, uh-huh. um, and I was just walking on Capitol Hill and there was some kids there from out of town to go to some show that was there. Mm-hmm. And this kid stops me and he goes, Holy shit, you look exactly like Nick Newsham. And I'm like, I, I am, I am him. And, <laughs> and he's like, he's like bullshit. And he turns to his girlfriend. He's like, doesn't he look like the guy from the Gatsby's guy? And, and I go, no, for real. I pulled out my ID and I showed it to him. And then he lost his shit. I was like, this is funny. This never happens. <laughs> like, I'll remember that. Yeah. That's rad. That's yeah, rad. Those chance, those chance meetings. I've had people turn around at shows if I'm talking to somebody and like look, and then look back forward. It was at a glass jaw show. Like looks forward, looks back again. I'm talking to my buddy, and he just turns around and says, "Love the show, dude." I'm like, yeah. Oh, thanks. He's like, "Yeah, I heard your voice." So he must listen oh. to a lot of episodes because in a loud venue, heard me talking and turn. And it's the weirdest thing when that stuff happens, or like a doctor or a lawyer that you're visiting or whatever listens to the show already or something or knows the band. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing still, especially okay. being out of it for so long. I've got to uh, recognize the person's voice. Quick story. Perfect. This is definitely going to, uh, okay. So this is just dropping old school emo names. This gotcha. is just going to like really date myself. So anyways, um, it's right after Gatsby's breaks up and I'm thinking about starting a project with Randy or R2K from Finch. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, so he's like, "Yeah, fly down to LA, uh, stay at my apartment in downtown LA." Da, 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 da. And I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll." Uh, I'm like, "I'm gonna bring my little sister because she wanted to go see, say anything." They were playing in town, mm-hmm. so we all go and we. I, I get down there and I'm like, "Yeah, Randy, I'm just summer to land in a couple hours." Da, 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 da. And and he goes, "Oh shit, that's this week." I'm leaving, dude. I'm going to visit my girlfriend's family in in uh, New Orleans. But uh, hey, tell you what, I'll leave you the keys to my car and the keys to my apartment. It's all yours for the weekend. I was like, wow, that's that makes up for it. That's pretty cool. And so I did that. So then we go to the Say Anything show, and we're hanging out with Max afterwards. And we go to some bar, and my sister and me and Max, and then some other people. And there's this guy with this all night. He has a big beard. He has a pork pie hat on, and he has. Uh, glasses on and my sister's like listen to his voice and i go well, what do you mean she goes that's the guy from super bad and it was jonah hill he had a big beard <laughs> he wasn't recognizable you know we didn't yeah. like uh because all you had seen him is the clean shaven face in super bad yeah and then uh we walk well it turns out him and max went to high school together and they're like friends from way back so we walk outside and um and jonah comes up to me he's like hey man hanging out all night but i haven't met you uh can I bum a cigarette? My name's Jonah. And I was like, cool, Jonah. Yeah, you can. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, you want to go out? We're all going to, I'm going to catch a cab and we're going to go out to some bars. And uh, I think Max and my sister were flirting. So I opted to stay back and uh, chaperone. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. I could have hung out with Jonah Hill all night. That would have been tight. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. Max still ran- randomly texts me at like three in the morning sometimes with just ideas or quite like what do you think of this what do you think of that uh i had him on the show and he he ever since uh he became a, a, a good buddy but like 
such an interesting dude i would love to hear you guys together you and max on a track that'd be <laughs> awesome uh we were both on an album together on the Razia's shadow the thomas dutton thing the forgive durden guy i've not heard of that dude i'm on there uh john Gurley has a song on there yeah so does max so does chris from saves today okay uh it's like a musical yeah. um but it's like you've heard of everybody on there it's yeah. kind of interesting yeah dude speaking of r2k uh randomly shows up to portland like he's like i think i'm coming up this weekend and so deftones are playing first show back from covid chino hits me up he's like hey uh not sure what's going on because of covid i'm getting you guys box seats for the show uh, Sweet. if you want to bring somebody and i was like randy want to go see deftones in a box and he's yeah. like uh yes so he and i had never met before in person we'd only been talking online and stuff like that so he shows up we go see Deftones first show back at the Moda Center in a box in Chino's box or whatever. So he's just like blowing out of his mind. He's like, what the fuck? This is crazy. <laughs> and we're watching the show and we're just hanging out together. We've never met. And it was just like this awesome like evening. He's an easy, he's an easy guy to hang out with. Yes. He's super fun. Yeah. He's awesome. We're just <clears> walking around like, which, which rooms ours? Where are we going? Like he's all, and I remember watching him play shows and like, God, I would love to meet like these guys. Like the, I love yeah. this band. And then randomly it just happens. Like, I don't even remember how. If it was, yeah, I don't remember how we actually met online. But then it just turned into that. Randomly he's in town. All right, here's a cool experience. And it was actually absolutely that. Drove him back to a place he was staying and was gone. We, we were, uh, so we just toured with, remember Snake, uh, Snake Across the Crown? Yes. The drummer Mark would always tell stories about robo tripping, how you like drink Robitussin yes. and like hallucinate and stuff. And so I'm down in Los Angeles with Randy one time and, and I'm like, man, we should probably try this robo tripping thing. We ain't got shit going on today. And so we both go down to a drugstore and well, no Robitussin. So our dumb asses, we each got, we each got our own giant family size of NyQuil. <laughs> and we, we we each drank it we each drank one to ourselves and uh and then i just remember his girlfriend had been like out at the market or something and like i'm like slouched in the chair he's laying on the ground of the living room and she's like what are you guys doing like she sees the empty bottle she's like you guys are so fucking stupid and we're just like yeah we are we, i think we both like fell asleep and had really bad stomach aches for like eight hours like, <laughs> didn't even get any of the party Zero, oh my yeah. god we used to call that getting robo fried in, in alaska everything was like frying balls or robo fried yeah. or always so intense man yeah. I think yeah, they a couple Joe and and some other guy did that. They're punching each other's <laughs> knuckles, like doing bloody knuckles. And mm -hmm. then I walked in. I probably shouldn't say. I'm, I'm going to say this. Sorry, Joe, if you're listening. Uh, I walk in his bedroom. I hear this noise, and he's got his legs like behind his head almost, and he's just going like this. I'm like, what are you doing? I didn't know what they had done yet. Like they said something about Robo Like, what the fuck is that? We drank Robitussin. Okay, cool. What else? No, just Robitussin. He was trying to kiss his own ass. Oh my god! Literally, just like, it's like, what the fuck is going on? That was wow. my only experience with it. I never actually tried it, but that was my only experience hearing about Robitussin. Uh, fuck! I never tried it either. R two K. Yeah. R two K. Now, if I talk to him, he's usually in like the the school pickup line, picking up kids. Yeah, <laughs> it's a he's whole got other kids world. Too. I yeah. think his I think his his partner does. I, th I believe okay. is, is the situation, but, um, 
Yeah, he refuses to come on the show. He's too nervous. Uh, oh, this this uh, dude podcasts are so trippy. I mean, you're obviously comfortable with it. You do it. You, this is what you do. Yeah, yeah. But I gotta I gotta say, like, you want to come across as personable and like comfortable, but also don't say the wrong fucking thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine fucking line, man. I, I I'm nervous about doing them too. Yeah. Yeah. Have you done many? I haven't. I haven't seen any. <laughs> yeah, I just did a like. There's called this. Uh, can I say the name of another podcast? Of course, uh, you can say yeah. anything you want. Yeah, so Bar Down Breakdown, it's a punk rock slash uh, hockey podcast. And oh, they're actually sponsored they're sponsored by like the hockey network and NHL and shit. Uh-huh. And uh I think I did their third episode, but then I recently did like their third hundred three hundred episode. Oh damn. Um so they've like grown into this cool podcast and they're just fans of ours from um like the Long Island area. Mm-hmm. Uh Yatsu Sands Forever. Nice. So yeah, we got a hockey team out here, the Kraken, so they wanted to have me on talk about that and also punk rock. So nice. Are you a hockey guy? I'm becoming one. I'm like the total novice. It was funny because um, we just played with Memory Drip. Mm-hmm. That was who opened for us in LA. Dave from Fear Before is oh, new yeah. band, and and he's a diehard hockey fan. And we were playing the Avalanche. Uh, the Kraken were playing the Avalanche in the playoffs, like the night of our show. Mm-hmm. It was like during the series, and and I. <laughs> I'm trying to talk hockey with a guy who knows about hockey and I'm like, explain icing to me. I do not get it. Like just, yeah. Anyways, Dave is nice. I remember yeah. icing from uh, the Nintendo hockey video game. It's like, what the fuck is that? What does that mean? Icing. Yeah. Uh, dude, memory, speaking, ugh, spit on myself. Speaking of memory drip. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I was so blown away when Dan sent that to me. I was like, Oh my God, this is fucking great uh amazing amazing band uh i had dave on as well i've had it, this fuck i gotta stop saying this because it's, oh, i had them on too yeah of course who cares yeah um i keep i keep bringing that up but like uh it was an awesome episode i hadn't seen him in so long either or spoken to him on the phone or anything like we talked over online yeah he had like he'd gone through so much shit and like it was awful what he was going through but like the the music that came out of it was incredible so i'm super optimistic if you guys are going to start making new music if it does end up happening it's going to be real good real fascinating because of all the life experience you guys have the stuff you went through now uh that is obviously already coming out you're talking about writing stuff like and that's what comes out of you it's going to be a real interesting experience i think to see what happens this many years later yeah i mean Hopefully we sound more grown up. Like I, this is going to sound different uh, somewhat. I, mean, I don't know. It's like, I can't wait to hear it either. I'm like yeah. so curious to see how we can be creative or how long we can, can even go. I mean, maybe one song and we'll hate each other and say, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe. I mean, I mean, uh, this is fun now, you know, mm-hmm. and as soon as it's not fun, I mean, we're not really, we don't, none of us really need it, but I mean, that's not fair. I think on a spiritual level, uh, this has helped me a ton mm-hmm. having the band reconnecting with a bunch of old people and kind of, uh, I'll just say that like sometimes in a bad relationship, you can kind of lose yourself and, um, returning to old things that are familiar. Uh, it's kind of a fun way to reconnect with yourself again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I believe in that a hundred percent. I mean, I really do. And, and I'm, I'm curious since I didn't see, it wasn't, didn't seem like it was filmed. I talked to Kirk about this. Uh, the LA show, like there's a bunch of like videos uh, that com- you guys compiled together into like a short, like preview kind of deal. But I'm, you may be able to speak to, well, of course you can speak to this. I'm interested to, s- do you guys tune 
down a little bit now that you're a little bit it's it's same tuning the exactly. range is the same for you yeah mm-hmm. that's fucking awesome because yeah, usually it, like the voice drops a little bit it does your voice never stops evolving but um range wise yeah i mean but i mean what i'm 41 i'm good dude i got it i fucking i can sing my fucking dick off dude i'm here for it yeah (laughs) i can sing my fucking dick off fuck yeah let's go yeah dude i'm so excited for this i i am i am so excited so it's just you guys and help yeah just the two two band bill what show or what what venue crocodile Crocodile, which is a new venue now the new Um, crocodile yes sir Okay, because i've been to the old one a couple times uh, where is the new one in the similar location or is it? It's in Belltown on first. So, uh, yeah, uh, where the Morton Steakhouse used to be or El Gaucho. I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. yeah, it, but it, it's bigger. It's a lot bigger than the last one. Holds like a, it's a thousand cap room or 900 cap room or oh, something damn. like that. Dude, this is going to be so fucking awesome. Hometown show this many mm-hmm. years later going oh, like dude. full circle from the rec center to this. I'm going to cry. Well, so we're like, uh, <laughs> I think we're going to be done by 10. Uh, Seattle does really early shows now uh-huh. uh, since post COVID. And, but we also wanted to make it all ages. So, I mean, my biggest thing is my five-year-old is going to be side stage watching me. I mean, that trips me the fuck out. It's honestly like one of the biggest reasons I even wanted to do this again, because I wanted my daughter to see her dad do something other than come home from work tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then like, and she really loves music and stuff and she knows that I sing. And, um, so I'm like, that is like my number one motivating factor to do this again. But then like everybody loved it. And I remembered how much fun it was and all the guys, man, we have so much fun telling old stories just like this. And like, mm-hmm. everyone remembers different shit and yeah. it's just pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what this is all about, man. Is like, that's why I was excited to do this with you. Cause I just want like old story, old memories, like rehash things or like uh bounce things off each other that maybe we remembered or didn't remember correctly or different. Like you're saying differently. Like it's all, it's all fun, man. Like it's awesome. I'm super stoked. Uh, I, re- I remember you're tall as hell. How tall are you? Six, five. Oh, okay. All right. Six, five. I am much, li- I'm 397 pounds. Instead God of the damn. 280 pounds I was when you and I last met each other. Uh, All right. So, yeah, I have definitely put on some pounds. But, uh, yeah, everything hurts and it, uh, is difficult. But <laughs> that's just the way it is. <laughs> when, you, when you're a GF, you don't have to do as much anymore. And then also, uh, you're a podcaster. You just sit here for hours. So, yeah, there man. you go. I'm doing people's time. I'm ordering shit. And then I'm doing podcasts. Hell yeah. And then I'm babysitting adults and then I'm doing podcasts and then I'm babysitting kids. <laughs> it's just a whole lot. But uh yeah. dude, I thank you for doing this, man. I this has been awesome and and uh I will be at that show and I'm stoked to see you again and and uh is Bobby going to do this show in Seattle? No. Um thanks for bringing that up. Uh Bobby gave us his blessing. He's okay. like go, go for it, have fun and uh, he's just uh he lives in Utah. The guy mm-hmm. fishes all the time yeah um we he has an open invitation anytime he would ever want uh to join up with us yeah and um until then we're just fucking enjoying it yeah hopefully he comes and watches at least that'd be fun i don't think he would yeah that's a good question in the back and just like all right well i swear to god i'm gonna see him in a hoodie looking like (laughs) emperor palpatine in the back (laughs) (laughs) palpatine darling oh fuck yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> man. Okay. Well, fingers crossed on that. I'll text him. Say, come on, man. I'm going to be there. You come up there. Just hang out in the back. We'll stand in yep. the back and we'll cry together because yeah. it's going to be emotional. Uh, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it, man. And and I'm so glad you're doing what you love and that you've built a career and doing something for yourself. You're working for yourself, which is so rewarding. Uh, proud of you, man. It, you've done some cool shit. Um, I'm, pr- I'm proud of you too, dude. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. I, I appreciate that a lot. You know, um, we, yeah, did a lot together back in the early days and, and, uh, I just cherish those days, man, so much. Um, this, the heyday it's awesome, but, uh, yeah, I'll let you get some sleep. I'm going to get some sleep too for work tomorrow, but, uh, dude, I'll see you in September. Sounds good, Dewey. Thanks a lot, man. Right. You bet, buddy. We'll see you soon. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Nick Newsham from Gatsby's American dream. Awesome. Awesome dude. A great friend, uh, a fellow tradesman now. It's awesome to go from music uh, touring together to now being both in the trades. I know a lot of tradespeople listen to this show, and I love that because that's what I do. So um, I have a special place in my heart for them. And uh, when he mentioned that to me, I was like, oh, man, that's fantastic. Getting out there and and, uh, wiring in a bunch of people's homes with some cool lighting and and things like that. Um, The trades are very important. So hats off to all you out there in the field. If you're out there on a deck... Uh, doing deck work in the rain, the snow, wherever the hell you are, building America, building the world. Uh, cheers to you. All right. Well, I'm going to get out of here. I got tons left to do. More episodes to get done, interviews to do, life to happen, all that stuff. But thank you guys for coming back week after week. I really appreciate it. Uh, I love each and every one of you guys. You guys have really made this something special. And so I'm proud to bring you something week after week. Um, yeah, tell a friend about the show, give us a rating and review, and as always, we'll see you on the radio.
Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.